Okay, Rebecca Gregoire Lindenbach might be the hardest name to ever say on radio, but she's the author of Why I Didn't Rebel, a 22-year-old explains why she stayed on the straight and narrow and how your kids can too. It's co- <laughs> It's the road. Straight and narrow, the road. Really? Yeah, that's Hit the I road, did. Jack. Here you go. I think my parents said that to me because I wasn't as... Well, I was more behaviorally challenged. To say it discreetly. So they did say hit the road. I was actually kicked out of my house three different times. Really? Yeah. Once, uh, no, and I ran away three different... That's a lot of parting. Mm -hmm. One time I ran away and I went behind the green dumpster behind the funeral home. I just hung out there for a little bit until I got hungry. And I went in and my mom had dinner on the table there just waiting. She's like, he's not going to be gone very long, you know. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, back to the book. The author is on the line with us. Her name is Rebecca. And in this unique combination of personal history, interviews, and social science, a young millennial shares surprising reasons that youthful rebellion isn't inevitable and points the way for raising healthy, grounded children who love God. Rebecca, I have so many questions for you. Are you ready? I bet you do. Yes, I am very ready. Okay. First of all, Tim. Yes, sir. How would you describe how I feel about millennials? I can't say it on air. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca, would you be my saving grace? Like, if I knew you, would I go, oh, wait a second, not all millennials are jerks? Oh, well, I definitely hope so. That's for sure. (laughs) We do. My generation does get a lot of flack, though. You know, we get told, oh, they're irresponsible or flighty or all they care about is their Instagram account and they don't know how to work hard. But... What I do what I do want to say is this, like, let's just listen to millennials instead of talking about all the bad things that my generation's doing, because I do think that we lend a really important perspective to this conversation, because right. we are one side of it, especially right. with this whole parent-child dynamic situation. Yeah. Um, if you were a millennial and you were listening to me talk smack about millennials, how would you push back? I mean, really, how do you, how do you sort of convince an old fart like me that your age group is worthy? Well, do you really have any other choice? I mean, we're we're kind of just coming up. Like, we are, this generation is going to be becoming, you know, in our 30s and then in our 40s and then in our 50s. So I'd kind of say, well, we got to start hoping that my generation is up to muster because, I mean, we're going to be the future. Yeah. Next little bit. So we've got to start talking about it, right? We've got to start communicating and figuring out why are we having these problems with the millennial generation? What are the good parts about it? And how can we work together to create the best outcome. And that's what I tried to do with why I didn't rebel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on. I'm going to say something, and let's see how this sits with you. I think you didn't rebel because you were a firstborn homeschooled Jesus kid. And I would say that that is definitely a part of it. But I will also say that for my book, it's not just my story, first of all. I didn't just write this book because I was like, wow, I am such an amazing kid. I think all kids should be just like me. (laughs) No, of course not. (laughs) Right? What I did for this book was I actually talked to 25 young adults who came from all different walks of life. We're talking um, dysfunctional families or the typical nuclear family. We have families who are high up in church leadership, families who did not didn't believe in God. Right. There was a whole mix. We had single moms. We had divorced parents. There was a whole bunch. And what we found is that on both sides, we had some kids who rebelled and some kids who didn't. So it can't just be about that. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Rebecca, when I think about, <laughs> I think about oh, things like the purity movement within the Christian scene and the, you know, I kiss dating goodbye 
or I have a ring on that says I'm not going to have sex until I'm married <laughs> movement or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. I, I just have a weird reaction to that. Tim, do you, how, would you, how would you explain my weirdness about that? I, I think... Well- Oh, Rebecca. No, I was going to say, I actually, I, I've had the same reaction to that. I, I grew up with, um, from ages like 12 to 15, we were totally into the I kiss dating goodbye um, mindset. You know, I was all so proud of the fact that I had taken this purity pledge. And then around 15, 16, my whole family kind of realized, this seems a little bit off. And what I found in my interviews, because I did talk about teenage dating with a lot of these um, people I talked to, is that... The whole purity movement or the I kiss dating goodbye, what it does, it tries to dictate behavior, but it doesn't really create authentic relationship. So you can tell your kids, don't have sex. And then you can give them a ring that says you're not going to have sex. And they can give them a book that explains why not to have sex. But is there actually any real relationship or communication going on more than just trying to teach them if you don't have sex, then you'll be a good person? Right? Is there the underlying communication and real authentic discussion about our failures, our flaws, and the ways we've been redeemed through that? Not so much. And what I found was kids who didn't rebel often weren't actually in those purity culture families. They were in the ones who went above that and said, no, we're not going to focus on the rules. We're going to focus on giving you reasons. And we're going to focus on teaching you how to make good decisions instead of just what decisions not to make. Yeah, and I think I, I was going to tell a little story with regards to that. There was a hotel, legend said there was a hotel built on the shore of an ocean, and they were concerned that people were going to fish for some reason from the hotel balconies. So they put up signs saying, do not fish from balconies, and people did. They solved the problem by taking away the signs. Exactly. So I yep. think there's that level, too, that the moment you – because we're all – especially young people, teenagers, they they need to rebel. That's part of how their brain works, separating themselves from their families. So the second you give them rules, they're going to break them. Hey, is there anything in this book that you wish you hadn't written because now you realize your mom knows stuff you didn't want her to know? (laughs) (laughs) My family is an extremely open family. We talk about everything. They already knew everything. In fact, my mom, when I was writing the book, said, by the way, you know you have to put all my flaws in the book, too, right? Like, you have to tell everyone what I did wrong. So we're a pretty open and honest family. So, no, there's not anything that I wish I hadn't written. Okay, so when you have kids, you're married, you're 20, what are you, 23 now? I'm 22. 22, okay. So I know the book is, you know, a 22-year-old explains why she stayed on the straight and narrow and how your kids can too, but I just wasn't sure when it was written, how long it took to publish, and I thought you might be 23 now. I just wanted to explain why I didn't say 22. Well done. Thank you. Um, When you have kids, what is something you learned as a result of being a goody-goody that you are going to pass on to your kids? And what if your kids rebel in a way that you never did rebel? Do you think you're going to be able to handle it because you didn't rebel? Well, I think in terms of being a goody-goody, for one, I don't think that being a goody-goody is necessarily the same thing as being a kid who didn't rebel, right? Right. I was not the goody-goody kid at my church. I was the one who spoke out against injustice I was seeing. I was the one who made a lot of trouble because I saw things were going badly. And in the end, I made a lot of problems for people that end up being for the greater good. But it was a lot of these issues that other people would have probably um, preferred that I just kind of didn't make any waves. So I was not actually the goody-goody kid in high school. But I do think that from this whole experience, the one thing I really have learned is that you never really know how you're going to react until you're in that situation. And that's what I've really hoped that I've been able to express in why I didn't rebel, just that all of these parents were trying to do their absolute best. 
And sometimes people made mistakes, but it wasn't about the mistakes that you made that actually impacted as much whether or not kids rebelled. It was how they handled the mistakes. Mm-hmm. So my parents, for instance, yelled a lot. They yelled too much at me. And they both admitted that and both apologized. But they apologized for it. And they explained, no, you're right. Losing my temper at you, not cool that way. That was inappropriate. I'm really sorry. Now, I was angry at you because you did something really dumb. Mm. But the way I handled it was not good. And that's very different than a family who, for instance, would lose their temper at a kid but then refuse to ever make amends because they don't want to lose that power struggle, right? They don't want to give up any control. And so I think if I had kids who rebelled, I'd just try to keep it authentic, keep it real and not focus on kind of cracking down on rules. But of course, I mean, I can only hope that I'll do that properly when I do have kids, but I am only 22 now. So my point of view was to speak as a perspective of the teenager, not as a parent, because I'm not a parent. Yeah. Right. That's not my job right now. Um, All right. Let's talk about spanking. All right. Um, because, <laughs> easy. Um, because, I mean, spanking your children. Because um, it's it's one of those, to- it's actually one of the first topics I ever talked about on my show about 14, 15 years ago when we did the whole should you spank your kids or should you not spank your kids. It's still a, a contentious issue out there. Yeah. there are, and, and yet I think it's become more and more like the politically correct kumbaya sensitive you know don't hurt anyone's feelings or backside movement of humanity (laughs) has has really kind of it's made people feel like they are evil human beings if they smack their kids bum right if they're spanking and then you go well what about the violence and what are you teaching your kids and you should reason with use your words and and then it it could lead to other things where you just all of a sudden you're you're reacting in anger and a rate and then you smack them across the head upside the head or whatever how can you speak to this as a 22-year-old? Do you wait? Actually, here's the real question: Did you get spanked? Um, I personally was not spanked. My sister was spanked just once, and it was because she was given the choice between spanks and a timeout. And she looked at my mom and said, "I'll take the spanks." <laughs> wow, <laughs> I like it. Yep. That's good. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I speak to it from the same perspective I speak to everything else in the book, not the perspective of a parent. But what I did was I talked to everyone on my list of the 25 people that I interviewed. I asked them about their experience of discipline, how they, how it impacted them, how they look back on it. And then I really delved into the research for this one. Because this is such a contentious argument, at just like what you said. And I actually interviewed an expert in family psychology at um, the University of Ottawa who really graciously agreed to work on my book with me in this particular topic. And really... It is such a hard topic because people either see it as you're trying to demonize the parents or else you're trying to just kind of promote this hippy-dippy kind of culture. But I think that there needs to be an understanding behind the whole idea of what is the discipline actually attaining, right? In the book, I do speak out saying that I'm not sure spanking actually helps anything. Mm-hmm. Just based on the psychology research, the interviews that I did, and as well, I actually talked to a theological experts break down the Bible verses because I didn't want to go on preaching any heresy by accident. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. (laughs) Just leave that to the Drew Marshall show. (laughs) Yeah, but what I just kind of found is that I did have kids on both sides of the equation who were and who were not spanked. But for the most part, kids who rebelled were spanked more than kids who didn't. And that may seem like it's a obvious relationship, right? Difficult kids to get spanked more. But that wasn't always the case. 
because often it was they'd have like a sibling who reacted the same way and they weren't spanked and they saw that difference there and thought it was just so unfair and then that would make them angry and then they'd act out again and then they get spanked. It's a negative cycle. But the problem is that when we use punishment that from my interviews and from the research, when you use punishment that is simply adding something negative, we're not teaching kids anything. Mm-hmm. A lot of times. And for some and for some kids, their spanks didn't affect them at all. I did have a couple of kids talk to me who, and I'm calling them kids, but they were 18 to 25 years old. So I'm talking to the, about their 14-year-old to 10-year-old experience. So right, I had right. some talk to me who had really bad experiences. So his parents loved them so much, and we're just trying to teach them the right things to do. But, some, but for one girl in particular, in their family at times, there was a time where it did um, escalate into a physical kind of actual hitting, not just spanking, because it was just there were too many emotions yeah. in the way. And it was this negative cycle of the kids are getting older and we don't know how to control them because all we've ever done is spank. And now they're too strong. Mm-hmm. And that's the danger, I think, is we need to find ways to discipline kids where we're really talking and we're figuring out, here's how we can train you to do the right thing, not just punish you for doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I really, first of all, we're out of time. I've got to move on to the next interview. But I, I have to admit a couple things. I was ready to roll my eyes a lot during this interview because I'm a judgmental jerk when it comes to millennials. Okay? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, you have just really communicated your position, your various positions, quite well. Really, really well, Rebecca. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, you're a great communicator. And I'm sure that carries over into the book. And, of course, if you've been raised by Sheila Gregoire, the, the Christian sex lady, which is weird. That's your mother. Come on, right? Your mom is the Christian oh, sex lady. The weirdest part for me is that it's not even weird. I work with her now. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. I'm out. Yep. <laughs> um, please say hi to your mom for me. And again, uh, folks, we've been chatting with Rebecca Gregoire Lindenbach. Wow. Uh, what a name. Seriously, it's an amazing name. Author of Why I Didn't Rebel, a 22-year-old explains why she stayed on the straight and narrow and how your kids can too. Rebecca, thank you for restoring my faith a little bit in your in the, in the kids these days. Oh, you are very welcome. And if you want any more information about the book, there's tons at whyidintrebel.com. There, that's what we were looking for earlier. I don't know why we didn't post that. Whyidintrebel.com. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Bye.